Hello and good day to all our Sambal Care listeners. We are back. So AJ and I, uh, Rain, will be hosting Sambal Care series today. And today we're going to highlight one of our milestones that took place in 2021. So we're going to talk about Undi 18 today. So before that, so I'm going to introduce my co-host today, which is AG. AG, can you introduce yourself? Okay. Hi guys, I am back. Um, it's me, AG. I am not the unfamiliar voice. You have heard me probably a gazillion times if you always listen to our TSP podcast. Thank you for that. However, we are back here in a little bit of a different setting. Instead of Samba podcast, we are back here in Samba Cast. And you guys are going to be like, what's the difference? Well, the difference is Samba Cast is just going to be a 15 to 20 minute podcast series talking about the recent issues in our Malaysian political and social landscape. And this is just going to be a review, a personal review from mine and also um, Rin's perspective. So Rin, what are we talking about today? Uh, so we're going to talk about a very important event that took place in 2021, which was Undi 18. So what do you think about Undi 18 in general? Yes, Undi 18, which I think one was one of the highlights, definitely, especially for all the youths in Malaysia, right? Uh, Undi 18 was a bit of like our comeback kind of moment, if I'm allowed to say that. Um, it was a bit yeah. of like our moment to shine and, we were, you know, it, I think it was a very um, badass kind of moment where uh, when, you know, when it was official, the declaration was official to lower the voting age to 18 years old. You know, it just showed um, how efficient the anak muda is. And also, I think it definitely opened everyone's eyes, especially to all those adults out there who still think that we do not care about politics, who still feel that we don't care about, you know, the future of our country. Well, I feel that Undi 18, um, yeah, making Undi 18 official was definitely a very big step in showing the power youths have in determining the future of our country. But, you know, just lowering the voting age is not enough. What is next? And that's what we want to talk about today. What is next? But before that, let's talk a bit of a recap, you know, for those who might not be, you know, fully aware of what has happened through the whole Undi 18 process. And yeah, some of you might not even know what Undi 18 actually is. Like Undi 18 is more than the law that lowered the voting age. Undi 18 actually started off as a student movement. So yeah, Marine, I'll leave it to you to explain more about that, to just give us a brief recap. So here we go. Let's go on a very brief recap, like very, very brief recap on what Undi 18 is so that if our listeners are not aware on Undi 18, so this recap could help you on um, educate yourself on what Undi 18 was. So Undi 18 was started by a, group, a student movement in 2016 under the umbrella of Malaysian Student Global Alliance which to advocate for the amendment of the of Article uh, 119 in bracket 1 of the Federal Constitution to reduce the minimum voting age in Malaysia from the age of 21 to 18 years old. So fast forwarding to 2019, after Pakatan Harapan won GE14, which was a turning point definitely for the, in Malaysian history. So Sid Sadiq was our... Uh, Minister of Youth and Sports that time, he tabled the first reading, second reading, the first reading at Dewan Re- uh, Rakyat. So the second yeah. reading and third readings were done in Dewan Rakyat was tabled by Tun Dr. Mahadi. And then uh, fast forwarding 
2019 as well, July 16 in particular, we received anonymous vote from all of them in day one right yet. And also 2000, uh, 2019, July the 25th, we also received anonymous vote from Dewan Negara. So it was very interesting on how I think that our politicians were very progressive in thinking that youths might or can change the political landscape, actually. What do you think, AG? Um, I'm just impressed when you said that they received like an un unanimous vote from all of them at the one right yet. Because like in a very contrary to what a media sometimes portrays, it always seems that you know the adults are always there to get us. It's always it always seems like you know people are not really interested in what the youths want to do, and a lot of them you know really look down on youths. So I think it's really I think it's nice. And I guess a bit of surprising, it might be surprising to some of our listeners to know that actually, um, you know, this, um, there are a lot of people, a lot of people in power, a lot of our current politicians who are also in favour of this, also in favour of lowering the current voting age because they are also very eager to see the potential of our youth in, you know, shaping the politics mm -hmm. of our country. So, um, however, there were also several controversies leading to the delay of this right ring. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so there were certain controversies that were leading to the delay. So on March 2021, the Electoral Commission of Malaysia, or uh, SPR as we all know, was in charge of implementing this new change by July 2021. However, the president of Dewan Negara at that time, Transhi Right is that thing stated that higher voter count is making it impractical to lower the voting age to 18 years old for now because it is time-consuming obstruction faced by the relevant agency in implementing the rule. So, Undia 18 actually organized a protest on 27 March, which uh, around 100 of young protesters marched towards the parliament to protest the election commission in delay of allowing these 18-year-olds to vote. So, it is like, um, you know, there were a rally that happened yeah. because there weren't where 18-year-olds were not allowed to vote, that there was slight video of delay. It. Because I think all of us, we were expecting the, um, how to say, the bill to, you know, function immediately, right? Yeah. 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 So when we actually got that statement, you know, saying that uh, there was a delay in, uh, in tabling the bill, uh, I think a lot of, yeah, a lot of people were very angry, which is also the reason why uh, a lot of um, political parties and also uh, you know, youth groups, uh, not only Undi 18, but also political parties like MUDA, also known as um, the Malaysian United Democrat Democratic Alliance, um, who, who began to like lead these marches and, uh, and basically um, to actually declare that um, this Undi 18 thing is going to happen. Basically, no, I also think there was also a surge in um, a lot of youth activism groups at, at that time. Even we at the Samba Park, we released a post. And you know, a lot of people were protesting as of why 18 years old are not given you know, the right to vote and why are people still looking down on youth so much. So yeah, um, on TSP, I feel that I think we, we did a post uh, showing that the proof of some, uh, several youth leaders that we have 
um, 18 years old and below. To and show the uh, electing, uh, uh, election commission did, uh, how to say, came up with the statistics in 2019 where we have 7.8 million new voters. That means 50% of our people. In, wow. I mean, can you imagine? There's, there's an increase of 50% from the current number of voters by 2023. That's definitely I mean, going to be a big change. Uh, it's immense. Yes, yes. When you, you know, break, when you break down according to the constituencies, it's going to be small numbers. But when you look at it, I mean, small changes bring a lot of difference. That what, that's, I mean, that's what's going to happen. We have 7.8 million new voters. So, I mean, looking at the numbers, I feel like it's not, it's not going to be the same anymore for our nation. Yeah, I mean, you know, we are definitely expecting something big. We're definitely expecting a new impact. Whether Malaysia is ready or not for that, I think, you know, with this, you know, with, with finally passing on this Undi Lapanbles bill, I think, you know, we're all just expecting for something new and hopefully something good. Like what a lot of people say, like Malaysia needs this reset button. And I totally agree, you know, I, as a part of a youth, and, uh, and also, you know, as part of someone who's a part of uh, youth movements, right? Uh, both Green and I, I just am so excited to see what the future is going to bring, you know, in terms of this. And let's move on to the next question. You know, we knew the only like... Before moving on to the next question, very interestingly, since we are actually recording today... A lot of people still don't agree and still don't understand when we say that youths are mature. We still have the public coming out with statements as tak cukup garam. You know, youths are still not good enough. Youths are still not socially and politically aware about the country. So, what do you want to say about this thing? Um, okay, there are certain reasons why I feel... For example, I would say, we, we are employed we can we are able to you know volunteer in a lot of communities you know um when you reach at the age of 18 people call you an adult but how is it possible i i mean i've seen people who start working at the age of 18 you know to help their family um financial contribution for their household but how is it not possible for us not to work if you are expecting, if someone expects us to actually, you know, behave like an adult and to do and to actually have this adult responsibility, I feel like we do need to have the adult rights as well. Same goes to how we are expected to follow the law, and uh, but and uh, we are we are supposed to actually face the adult consequences if we don't. So how is it possible that? Uh, again come to the part that we are not allowed to vote because you know when you treat us like a responsible adult if we commit a crime and you are expecting us to you know face it the consequences like an adult so mm -hmm. we should be yeah. given an adult right yeah so it you, right like yeah and we i mean i've seen a lot of young people are already participating you know participating in politics so attempt, uh, despite the attempts to exclude us from political parties but we are still making our voices heard. I feel like the Sambavo is one of the ways and I think AG has her own way of, you know, uh, expressing any, her, her opinions. And I... Then why are youths at 18 years old being allowed to get married? Why are child marriages still a thing? I agree. How are we 
we apparently are not good enough to make decisions regarding the country, but apparently we are good enough to have our own families and to even have children. Like, how is that possible? How does that even make now, sense? Like, is it that easy to have a family? Yeah. I mean, yeah, right? I mean, like, you know, having a family, you're literally responsible of being a whole, bringing a whole new being to a world. Okay, even if you're not pregnant, you know, getting married and adding on these new commitments, being responsible of each other's life, you have like someone new in your life, that's a huge commitment. I feel like that's even more huge than you being able to move and think about, you know, the wise of your country. So, yeah, that is apparently allowed. You know, we are trying our best to, you know, to, you know, to advocate on the disadvantages of child marriages. Oh, yeah, we even came out with a post on that on Sambapot recently. Check that yeah, out. Yeah, we did, we did. Yes, <laughs> yeah. check that out. Yeah, we talked a bit about teenage uh, pregnancy and how it could be very fatal. And, yeah, people have been talking about child marriages for decades and centuries. You know, it's obviously a bad thing, but it still happens. But we are not allowed to vote. And I don't understand how does that even remotely makes sense. That's one thing. Second thing, right? You say that we as youths are not, you know, are not um are not good enough um to be mature, and also um we are apparently not able to make decisions uh regarding policy making and you know anything regarding the political landscape. Okay, fine. If we as youths, if we if we as the anak muda are really not mature, why don't you educate us? I mean. Come on, we did have a rise of youth activism over the past two years this pandemic. Not only the Sambalport TSP, we have a lot of youth organizations that came out trying to give information about politics to all the youths out there using the power of social media. We have the new project, Youths.my, Why Politics, Arus Anak Muda. We have so many. We even have Undi Lapamlas itself coming out with so many movements, so many rallies and solidarity. All these are youth-led movements. And you are still telling us that youths are not being mature enough. We have so many youth-based mock parliamentary sessions. Parliament wanita muda. What is all this? You know, these are all for youths, right? And, and I know this is only the beginning, but this definitely shows the potential and the efforts that are being used to educate the youths about policymaking and politics. So, um, you know... We Very interestingly... Yeah. And you actually you know, mentioned about rallies, right? I, I really like that. So, you know, there were a rally happened recently and it was, it was definitely one of the highlights as well that happened in 2021. So I would like to know like a little bit on your, you know, your stand on rallies. Like, um, I mean, the rally particularly, it was Lawan. Basically, uh, it was, it was basically... Very controversial. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah, that is what I'm trying to like put it, you know, in words. It's super controversial so i mean it's just that we are we are going through pandemic you know can you believe it? it's three years into the pandemic already yeah. and yeah. yeah we're still no, no, it's two years actually i mean like exactly it's two years because apparently the first exactly it's really years, the most effective way to get our voices heard that is like one number two is i mean okay it's pandemic you know we have we had this series of lockdown it was crazy so do you think, I mean, it is really, is it that important more than our own lives? I mean, COVID, you, you know, you can't say it. And, you, and you, you, won't, you wouldn't even notice, you know, before you get infected. So, like, what do you think about this, Lizzie? 
Okay, so I'm not going to give my thoughts on it first. I rather give a thought by this Harvard study because apparently people likes to people like to listen to you know prestigious um, organizations more than they would want to listen to my perspective. I think so. Um, there's this okay. Harvard study that actually has identified the precise reason why protests is definitely an effective way to cause political change. And protest is not only a thing we do in Malaysia. Uh, protest is a thing done everywhere in the world. Uh, I do understand the, the dilemma that a lot of people had, you know, uh, I think a lot of people had mixed feelings when the Lawan had, when the, when, sorry, when the Lawan rally happened, because um, they felt that, you know, I understand why these people are protesting, but it is the pandemic and a lot of lives are already lost. Do is, is this really the correct time? Is this really the proper time to risk another cluster? I guess, I mean, not I guess, I mean, that was like the main reason why a lot of people were hesitant. Even I myself was hesitant. Thank God we didn't. Thank God we didn't. Sorry? Thank God we did not have any new clusters. Also oh, yeah. proved the fact that the Lawan Rally was really conducted effectively and, you know, and the organizers were strict in ensuring that social distancing was made. And even if you see based on the pictures that were taken on the rally, you could see the distance. You could see the social distance as they sat down yeah. and as they walked. They were really careful. And I feel like um, the organizers, uh, you know, such as Undi La Pamblas, uh, and, you know, uh, and all the other youth organizations involved, I feel that these people really did a good job in making sure that the rally was done efficiently and systematically. So, um, okay, let's talk on this. Let's talk about this Harvard study, right? So why do protests have a major influence in politics? Okay, basically, um, protests actually work, right? Not really because of the big crowds. Um, and, and it's not really about the signal that they send to policymakers. For example, um, youth organizations, um, so many, let's just talk about youth organizations as a whole. Even Undi Lapanglas itself, these people have been talking about change and fighting for the many needs and demands for a long time. Even before the Lawan rally was held, right? A lot of people were fighting for the changes that they need. But then, um, but then, uh, but then, yep. <laughs> but then, we still think they, they, were, they were no there were no particular change. We did not really see change, right? It was still the same thing. And because of that, they decided to go on a rally. So for me, right, um, and not only me, this is what Howard thinks as well, uh, protests get people politically um, activated. And the reason why it, it gets people politically activated is because when a protest is held, it gives a major change. When a protest is held, it doesn't only affect the life of people involved in the protest, it really affects the life of everyone. Um, it affects everyone's um, daily lives. You know, roads get closed. Um, sometimes you see police, the news, it will be all over the news, all over the headlines. And because of this, because of the change and because of the whole drama it caused, that's what made people more interested in the issue. And when it makes people more interested in the issue, because of that, it makes protests very efficient to bring a change. Having a protest is actually not easy. You know, it takes a lot of effort. And even to evaluate the efficacy of a protest, it is definitely not an easy task. It's very challenging to untangle whether a big protest could actually 
cause a change or whether the change would have actually happened. You know, Sony protests would have done, but that is not necessary for the change to happen. But when a protest happens, a policy that was unpopular will become popular. And that would definitely be a good way for the government or to anyone who's listening, to policymakers, to actually get the push and to do something about it. So because so in that sense, protests work. The you know, protests work. And I guess that's one of the main reasons why um the Lawan protests happened last year. So what do you think about it, Rain? So you know what? To me, demonstrations are rallies, right? Um, um in public, you know, places like this where people go out in public, you know, even, even though it's pandemic and all that, is to show that, you know, they're concerned about something, they advocate on something, you know, it, it really moves me actually, you know, to see someone to actually, you know, go out there and do it, you know, because it takes a lot of mental and physical um, effort uh, to even, you know, go through the entire process of demonstrations and also rallies, right? But, um, but here's the thing. Yes, I agree with you. It is definitely very much effective, but I do feel like it, it depends on the situation. You know, I mean, I don't think I would actually support a rally, even though no matter how how, how important the issue is, if you have like 20,000 cases of like COVID cases reported every day. I mean, no, I've, I've not, like I'm not a fan of that. Like, no, I mean, help come first. Yeah. But it's just that I I feel like it definitely depends on the situation. Like sometimes I think now it's okay, you know, since it's we have like less numbers of cases reported, even though it's less, it's not really less. Now what we do you have think of like the Lawan rally at that particular point of time? It was held sometime um during. I have um, mixed feelings about it actually. Okay. Really, I mean, okay, it definitely worked. It definitely, I mean, it I mean, did, did it work though? I mean, like, did it work though? Did it really work though? I don't think all, all the demands were met. But I guess it definitely... No, I mean, not all the demands, yeah. Definitely not all the demands. I think, I don't think anywhere you will get all the demands fulfilled. That's what I feel. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, I don't think you will get all the demands get uh, fulfilled. But it somehow brought a lot of attention. It somehow actually showed that Okay, you know what? No matter what, you're, you're, we are going to show it. We're going to like show you the people. It's more of like the right yet. Well. It opened my eyes in the sense of how much of power do we hold? And it shows like, you know, it, it keeps reminding us how democratic are we through these rallies. But it's just that I still come back to the point there where I have a mixed feeling about Lawan and, uh, and I feel like it could have been avoided if it was me. I mean, it's just my guys, our Samba Kelly listeners. I mean, it's my very much my disclaimer, right? It's my opinion, but I feel like um, it could have been avoided. Maybe we could have, you know, brought it in some other way. But kudos, thank you to everyone who actually joined the, those demonstrations and rallies. I mean, somehow it did, uh, I think it did send the message. But I think um, I, I value people's life. I value you guys a lot, the, our listeners and also our people out there. So please, I mean, look at the situation first. If, you, if it's not really, you know, the place for us to go and, you know, fight for it, don't, you know, especially during this pandemic. I mean, it is a topic now because it's the pandemic. 
if it's not the pandemic, I think I'll be one of the person who's going down to the rally. But you know, when it comes to the pandemic era, uh, I think we have different priorities. But at the same time, I really appreciate every one of you that went out there and fight for us, guys. Like, thank you from the bottom of my heart. So, AG, do you have anything to say about Lawan, though? Um, well, um, I totally understand um, and get what you mean. But I think that uh, that was one of the main messages that um, the organizers of Lawan did see when a lot of people were protesting and asking about, you know, why... Uh, why why are you all still uh, doing this rally despite the pandemic and all right and that is what they said well um, whether we stay at home or not people are dying and we coming down and risking our lives in this protest just shows um, how serious this matter is and you know why government should actually pay attention to us so um, in a way I like I said I totally get your feelings like I empathize with you uh, you know, we are worried of people uh, because, like I said, it's the pandemic. We have so many new variants being introduced every day, uh, you know, and there's so many, like, you know, new conversations about the booster being efficient or not. It's like so many news everywhere to the point of, like, I think a lot of us are confused which health news are correct and which is not. I mean, like, who knew health news could even be fake news, right? Like, no one knew that, but, you know, the world is getting crazy. So um, I totally understand. But I also um, understand why it was really urgent to have a rally at that particular point of time. And anyway, the demand yeah, for protest. Yeah, yeah, I definitely get it as well. And the demand That's for why, like, design and also the demands on the continuation of the parliamentary setting did happen. Well, the parliamentary setting did continue, um, although um, quite late, but it did happen. And yeah, the Prime Minister and Cabinet did resign. But um, we saw a lot of things. Um, a lot of similar faces in the new cabinet again, so I'm not sure what yeah. to make of that. But okay, um, I guess it happened in a way. Moving on to the next part. Yeah. Okay, so we okay. spoke about how mature youths are, we spoke about youth advocacy, youth activism, and rallies. So now let's go back to Indy 18. And Reem, what is your perspective on how Indy 18 is going to change our nation's political landscape? Um, okay, here's the thing. I have like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be a witch for a while and I'm just going to like, you know, predict the future. I mean, not really. I'm not sure it's going to happen or not, but it's, you know, my just a very big prediction kind of thing. So I believe in domino effect, right? So domino effect happens when, you know, when something happens and then, you know, good things or bad things happen consequently after that. So you know what I feel? I feel like, okay, when we have like, you know, we're going to have like, 7.8 million voters, right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's what actually happened during the GE14 as well. A lot of voters turned out and then we we, we saw how the political landscape changed in Malaysia where it, the Pakatan Harapan managed to topple 60 years of legacy of, you know, Barisan National Government. But um, I feel like it can happen again, you know. It will happen again if these new voters think... Uh, I, I'm not mentioning any parties or any side of the government but it can be anything it's just that the power is even more solely to the right yet because now we have a lot of new voters with a lot of new perspectives so at the same time I also think passionate leaders you know youth will be chosen as well like you know I, I don't think this this we want to see someone like us fighting for us I feel like it's time like 
it's time to see someone like me to go up there and fight for spine for my rights. Someone who could relate with me. Someone who go through things like me. So, and I feel like uh, I also feel like our issues. I'm not saying our issues. You know, it's sad to say our issues. You know, it's like it's very important because we we are the future of the nation and uh, we are we are still studying. You know, we, I'm like I'm still studying. You are still studying. And there's a lot of improvement needs to be done. And there's a lot of progressive things that needs to be done in our education sector, even, even our job market itself, you know. So I feel like if when we have someone fighting for us or someone who look like us for fight, you know, fighting for our rights, I think they could feel it and they will passionately fight for it, you know. And that's all. I mean, same goes to Indy Lapamblas on how people like us actually fight for something like this. And it did happen. Right now, we have new voters because of, you know, a group of people who decide to do this. So when something like this happens, so definitely I feel like, uh, as I said just now, Sultan Johor said that, you know, politicians need to start a way of thinking to woo us. So I think all this is the way. I mean, she's just under the... You meant AOC. Yeah, AOC. Yeah, yeah sorry, AOC. Uh, she's very progressive and she's young as well. When you look someone like that, Ilhan Omar, she's young as well. Jacinda Ardern, she's very young as well. When you when you see, I mean, these are people who proven that you know they are young and they are brilliant and they can do things. They 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 are not you know when they are, they are young and they're brilliant. They could run a country. So these people are example and and it shows that why don't we and and it's not impossible in Malaysia itself. So this is what I feel like, you know, a prediction that, you know, if you, this would definitely change everything. Definitely. It would create more leaders. Who knows, Adrian, I might see you in the next election. <laughs> well, I'm definitely not going to be on the politics side, uh, that's for sure. But that doesn't mean I don't care about my country. You know, I'll probably contribute in a different way, in a way I'm more passionate with, I feel I'm more passionate. But yeah, um, you know, echoing what Rin said, um, there's definitely going to be major demographic changes in the parliamentary and state constituency, especially, I feel, in um, our kind of politics, which is usually race-based politics, right? Uh, people from our older generation, our parents' generation, you know, they are very used to old guard politics, you know, to the stigmas, and basically, you know, they have their own mindset as of what politics is. And when you bring a fresh set of new voters who have, who don't who have no idea about this old politics who are probably not really much into races as how um, our parents were you know and we really have no idea as of like you know all, all these old stigmas of politics well i think it will be very refreshing to see what kind of positive change you could bring and for me i feel that it's really going to be positive and I feel that, you know, youths nowadays, we just want to see impact. It's not really about what race you are or what, um, you know, what background you are from, but it's more of what are you going to bring for us? What are you bringing to the table? And I think that's the most important thing. And I feel like that's the most efficient way to end this episode. Reen, any last words? I mean... I'm just excited to be really honest. I mean, I could, I am one of the 7.8 million new voters, yeah? So I think AG is one as well. Yep. So we're very excited. And then I, I would love to see someone like me fighting for my own rights. Um, 
So I would like to see, uh, we are in the field of advocacy as well. So definitely, uh, we would like to see a lot of change, a lot of opportunities coming to us in Wising Out. We are very passionate people towards our very own country. I think, I think we fight for it because we, are, we love our country so much. Right? We want to see good things happening to our country. That is why we fight so much and we are putting out our opinions and all of that. You know, not just, not just because we want to go against someone or, you know, going against a certain government policies or opinions. It has but nothing to do with us being rebellious, guys. We just want change. Yeah. This is not yeah. some odd yeah. rebellious teenage phase, okay? <laughs> I agree, definitely. We are not rebellious. We just want things differently. That's it, guys. Yeah, but yeah, but I'm just hoping progressive occasions will take place after the implement implementation of Undi Lapamblas. So I think you know what, AG. I mean, it just came into my mind. We should we should do a, like a continuation of this episode where we have a progress saying that after the we we should like you know do a episode covering on what happens after the implementation of Undi Lapamblas. I think yeah, we, we should. We should that. probably maybe after one of the major elections, that'll be very interesting to call yes, on. Definitely, which I think anytime soon right now. So I hope, um, I hope you guys, our listeners, our ten listeners, uh, you could you know, uh, got a little bit of recap on what Indi Lapamblas was, and it's definitely one of the major highlights of two thousand twenty one. Um, happy New Year, actually, from the Sambal Court. We are wishing you a very happy New Year. Hopefully, everyone is well, and. That's all from me, AG. Yep. Um, nothing, nothing else from me as well. I hope you have learned something new. Very excited to see how you are going to affect the country. And yeah, happy new year, guys. Have a good year ahead. And that is all from us. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.